Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Fondlessness, fondlessness. Having funlessness. Having funlessness. Having funlessness. Having funlessness. Podcast hosted by Jen Kirkman. I don't know what episode it is. I forgot my paperwork. I forgot my computer. We'll get into it. I think it's episode 315, but it doesn't matter. Whatever you're playing this on, you can see what number it is, and nobody's like, I love numbers. I only listen to the odd-numbered ones. I need to know what the number is. This is a podcast hosted by comedian Jen Kirkman. If you want to see my stand-up comedy, you can watch both of my specials on Netflix, I'm Gonna Die Alone and I Feel Fine, and the most recent one, Just Keep Living. Now, I actually was like, why do I say that at the beginning of every episode? Do you know there are some podcast listeners who are like, I thought I would finally check out your specials. What? Of course you have to. Those are ratings, people. That's how I get a third one. And right now, it's not in the cards. All right, so... This is a podcast where I don't have to write punchlines. I can talk about whatever I want. I'm not on someone else's show. This is where I get real. I can guarantee it's always real. I can't guarantee it's always funny. But you know what? That's not the point. So enjoy it. Now, oh, I have I have nothing and everything to talk about today. So I'm just... I, I'm preoccupied with this bag that I think I threw in the trash, which would be a tragedy because it has my computer in it. We'll figure that out in a minute. But one thing I do know is that today we are sponsored by a few people, but we are also sponsored by Away Luggage. Now, let me tell you something. Everyone is tight with money this kind of... Well, I don't mean you're tight with money. Everyone this time of year is fucking cheap. That's not what I meant. But everyone this time of year is like, I can't spend money on myself, but listen to me. You need to go home in style this year, wherever you're going or going on a trip. You're going to pull that suitcase out of the closet and go, oh, I hate this thing. There never seems to be a good time 
to buy big things like a mattress or a suitcase. You know, you're just like, oh, it's such a big purchase. And you know what? I have an extra couple hundred bucks. I'd rather spend it on a bunch of things. But then when you go to use that thing, you're like, I hate the one I have. This is your time. Get an away suitcase and you'll just be hooked up for life. I mean, that's the thing is they are actually like under warranty. They will always fix something that you need. So isn't that kind of cool? Oh, wait a minute. They're not even the ad this week. Oh, wait. Yes, they are. Sorry. I've lost my mind. I've legit lost my mind. Like I can edit around that. No, you don't have to edit around it. We got it. We got it. So I was going on and on about getting an away suitcase. Here's the deal. You can get $20 off any suitcase or bag if you go to awaytravel.com slash fun and use promo code fun during checkout. A-W-A-Y travel.com. Away creates thoughtful products built for the way modern travelers see the world. They started with the perfect suitcase and now they offer a range of essentials, all of which will make your travels more seamless. I just got away luggage compression bags. Oh, they're good. You can fit even more in your bag. Everyone has a unique travel style. Away has a range of suitcases made of different materials like polycarbonate, aluminum, durable nylon, a variety of colors, two carry-on sizes. So whoever you are and whatever you need to pack, if it's gifts, clothes, holiday treats, Away has the luggage that works for you. And they're easy and they're not heavy. And I'm telling you, the TSA or whomever handles your luggage can throw them around angry. They had a bad Christmas. They didn't get what they wanted. They're going to take it out on your suitcase. They're going to throw it around. I also have some of the aluminum suitcases. They barely even, they don't even dent. So, all of their suitcases are designed to last a lifetime with durable exteriors. Every suitcase comes with an interior organization system, 360-degree spinner wheels, TSA-approved combination lock, and here's the deal. If part of your suitcase breaks, their standout customer service team will arrange to have it fixed or replaced. This happened to me, and it was amazing. There is an away store in Los Angeles and New York, so if you actually live in either city, you can go in to the brick and mortar. And again, free shipping and returns on any order within the contiguous, the contiguous, contiguous? Why don't I know this word? Why are you putting words like that in the ad? U.S., Europe, Canada, and Australia. For $20 off any suitcase or bag, visit awaytravel.com slash fun. And don't forget to use promo code fun at checkout. Okay, folks. So here's my voice. Now, I technically shouldn't be doing a podcast because let me take you through. I'm going to take you through. Let me give you a vocal warm-up right now. So let me let me do this. So hear how clear I am when I go all the way up. And you're like, you sound fine. But listen to the beginning. In my normal register that I speak, my voice is compromised. Now, if I were on stage, I could be on stage like this and I could be like, oh, my God. And she was like, what? And I was like, huh? And you could push it. But I'm damaging my cords by doing that. So if I did, let's say, three one-hour shows in a weekend, I'm damaging my cords for three months, pretty much. And it's harder to fix them the more they're damaged. So I can talk a little bit. Every day I'm on sort of a slight vocal rest, more like, you know, only an hour or so a day. Certainly no performances. 
But I am sorry I did cancel last week my Richmond and North Carolina shows. There wasn't a lot of drama. I've, I've sort of learned something. I let the venues post it on social media. I I just figured if you already bought tickets, the venue will contact you. You'll get a refund. I don't have to go into some song and dance beating myself up. I'm so sorry. That's what I did with London, and it made it worse. I got death wishes. I got called a cunt. I got called rich, which is the funniest part of all. It's like, actually, no. And actually, it cost me money. to can- Any gig you cancel, you lose income. And then you lose all the non-refundable travel you booked. So don't anyone come at me with how hard it was for you because you, you had plans that night. Um, so long story short, basically what happened was my doctor was like, look, you had bronchitis and then it went to laryngitis and I was on rounds of steroids, which suppress your immune system because they fight inflammation, but we need some kind of inflammation to fight viruses. So, and I was on antibiotics, which isn't great for the immune system either. So two rounds of steroids, antibiotics. My doctor said, if you get on a plane, and I would have had to take three flights last weekend, I would have had to get up at 4 a.m. for one of them. There's no guarantee when I have to get up at 4 a.m. that I'm going to get eight hours of sleep. I will go to bed at eight. I might lay there till midnight. So now you're on four hours sleep, getting up at 4 a.m., getting on a flight cross country in cold and flu season with a suppressed immune system, having just been healthy for about 48 hours. My doctor was like, you will reinfect and it will be worse. Now, I'm also working a new writing job 40 hours a week for the next 10 weeks. That job is saving my ass. Like, that's the most important thing to me. So it was like, oh, I could get sick, then have to quit my job. And then also I would have to cancel my shows in Sacramento, first week, January. You know what I mean? Like it would, if I got sick again, it would be another five weeks. Something, someone's life is getting disrupted. So my doctor was like, you need to be on vocal rest for Thanksgiving weekend. And then, um, you know, you'll probably sound a little better by the next week, but it is not performance ready vocal cords and you shouldn't be traveling. And they were like, if I were you, I would cancel those gigs It is not going to help you at all. It can only hurt you. And it was like an 80, you know, now, of course, like last night would have been, or I'm recording this on Sunday, but last night would have been my North Carolina gig. And I went for an hour to this Christmas thing that's literally down the street from me in Studio City. And, you know, it was dumb, but I went with my friend and like we had some hot apple cider. We walked around. We were like, there's nothing going on here. So but I was so afraid to put it on my social media because I didn't want people to be like, ain't that you were sick? Because this is what ended up happening too. I tried to explain to my manager and agent, okay, I've had bronchitis for weeks. Then it became laryngitis. My immune system is compromised and now my vocal cords are really inflamed and my asthma is really bad and I'm having trouble breathing at night. So flight is not good, nor is doing three shows in two nights. Like it's just not on the table. And there's no guarantee that my voice would even be, my doctor already said, your voice will only be at 50% capacity for the shows. There's a world where it gets worse in your, because I was like, last week there was a few days where I had no voice. Like I couldn't even whisper. And so my doctor was like, when I saw my doctor, I was on no voice. And he was like, I think it'll come back 50% by the time you have your shows. But if it doesn't, you know, so 
what was inevitably going to happen was I would have had to cancel last minute. So I was like, well, nine days ain't great, but it's not nine hours. So anyway, but you know, I like we couldn't get anyone on the phone. It was just a whole rigmarole. And eventually the venues put that I had bronchitis. So everyone's writing me feel better. And it's like, I already feel better. I don't have it anymore, but I have no voice and my asthma is really fucked up and I have to go see a pulmonologist because I'm solving breathing issues. So it's like, you know, people. I think venues like want to make it seem like you're sick because people don't have nuance anymore. Like everything I just said, I bet there's some people out there that are still like, but still you should do it when it's like, no, but I'm damaging my instrument, which means I can't like do my job for six months instead of like, oh, it's just a couple weeks, you know? I think venues, like, they want to just be, like, hard and fast, like bronchitis by. I would have rather they said vocal issues. Whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, I got millions of DMs with unsolicited advice, but that's fine. So, but you can hear my voice. Like, this would be fucking bad on stage. So, anyway, um, I hate the way this sounds. I'm having PTSD from years ago when I had voice issues. It's a fucking nightmare. So... Sorry I had to cancel the shows. We do plan to reschedule. Obviously, they won't be Christmas shows. But again, like, you know, it takes a while to reschedule. So there's that. And I'm touring a lot less in 2020. I'm trying to not tour as much um, because it's sort of not great financially. Last year was really hard. It's really hard to get people to come out. I don't mean to sound like a downer, but it's, it's just really hard to get the word out despite publicity, a publicist, all this. The easiest way is if like every single person joined my newsletter. It's just you can't you can't wrangle cats. So I want to do more uh, be in the writing world this year. I kind of want to, you know, when I started being a comic in my 20s, I didn't think I would be this like nomad alone on the road in my mid 40s. Like that was never the goal was like work all the time, be by yourself on the road on a level where you're not like hugely famous and selling out 5000 seat theaters. That was That'd be like my worst nightmare. So I was like, I don't actually like this. Now I can go like every once in a while, hit a club, do a weekend there. And you'll see on my schedule, I've got a few things coming up. But I don't want to do too much. Of that. Like, I don't love it, you know. Um, so we'll see. And I have a feeling like my popularity could swing up again. Then I'll do more road work. But for now, I'm loving being a worker. And I love writing. And I think it's way more secure, you know. So and we've always got the podcast one hour a week. Um, but I want to tell you guys about a new show I'm doing. So this episode clearly is already off the rails because I'm not following any format. And I'll explain why in a minute. So this is off the top of my head. Stream of consciousness. This is classic I Seem Fun. And it's not even called I Seem Fun. It's called Having Fun Listeners. But this is an old, an oldie but a goodie. This is for... The diehards. New people listening be like, now she complaining about the road. Oh, I see the reviews already. Guys, if you want to combat that, go to iTunes, give me a five-star review and write, the girl's got vocal issues, people. Let her rant or something like that. Um, What was I saying? I was saying, I, I know it's coming back to me, writing, the road, this week's off the rails. Vocal issues. Fuck, I don't remember. Do you remember? You were about to go into what the new show is. Oh, great. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Can we keep that in? I'm li- I like you coming in. and My brain, you guys. Okay, so my new show, 2020, January 2020. 
It's going to be once a month at the Hollywood Improv Lab. And it's called hashtag, that's right, with an actual hashtag, Real Talk. Real Talk with Jen Kirkman. I will be interviewing a celebrity every month, whether they are a comedian or not. They're a fun, funny person. But we're going to get serious. And my guest, uh, January 9th, which is Thursday, 8 p.m. The show's only 15 bucks. It's a tiny little intimate space. Seats about 50. I think we could cram in 75 if some people wanted to stand at the bar. Um, tickets are on sale now. JenKirkman.com, right on the homepage, and JenKirkman.com. Click tour. Um, Ioni Sky, you love her. You know her from Say Anything and River's Edge. And, of course, she's been an actress since then for decades. And... She's on camping on HBO. She's a dear, she's an acquaintance of mine. She's a love. And I want to just, you know, she really embodies Gen X to me in a way. And I don't know what she thinks of that. So I want to talk to her about Gen X. I want to do a little bit of a deep dive on some say anything stuff. And um, I want to talk to her about her life now and spirituality. You know, she's she's cool. She's a real interesting, deep cat. So I'm excited. February. Um. I've got a very famous comedian on deck, but we have to confirm after February 1st. But holy shit, if this works out, it's going to be exciting. So January, on sale January 9th. Come see us, gals. Get deep. I would really love these shows to sell really well because I want to keep doing it. And that might help me transition into something more that I want to do with my future. So come be part of it. Um, Please get tickets. All right. So. Obviously, the Jen Kirkman Dysfunctional Christmas Show is this Friday night. How come you can do that show, but you can't fly to Richmond? Because, you fools, flying on an airplane, changing planes, losing sleep, murder already on The Voice, driving for me to the Hollywood Improv and doing a 15-minute set and then no talking because the show is a variety show with lots of other people. That's not too hard on my voice. It's not great, but it's different than traveling with asthma and being reinfected you dig you dig so anyway that's friday december 13th 8 p.m hollywood improv i think there's only about 20 to 25 tickets left so i wouldn't fuck around if i were you get them in advance after the show i'm selling and signing copies of my books you get a free fun anti-holiday pin when you buy a book and uh the half the book sales go to the la food bank so that's good So, um, yes, and then Sacramento, January 2nd through 4th, and San Diego one night, Sunday the 12th. I need that one to, like, I need both of those shows to sell a lot harder. So maybe that's a Christmas gift you can ask for. All right, all of this is jenkirkman.com. Right on the homepage, jenkirkman.com slash tour. Tell a friend that needs to know. If you buy tickets, please post about it on social media and at me. Tag it, Kirkman 2020. How does that sound? No, no, no. Hashtag it, Jen Kirkman 2020. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
Easy. Jen Kirkman 2020. So isn't it? So 2020 to me, I'm like, I keep forgetting it's a new decade. And I keep thinking of um, that George Michael song. You know, it's um, it's waiting for that day. Do you know, you know that song. I'm going to find it right now. Oh, it's so good. Come after me, copyright people. He says in this song, well, we'll get to that lyric, but he talks about, well, this was in 1999, so it was about to be 2000. Um, but I remember in 2000, it was like, it is, well, it was a new century, wasn't it? Was it a new century? Not century. Yeah, century. Who cares? But I guess like 2010, I didn't think that it was a new decade. You know, 2000, I was like, yeah, it's the first time we put a two in front of anything. This is a big deal. 2020, I thought, if you'd asked me five years ago, I'd be like, yeah, 2020. I might go out on New Year's on that night, because you guys know I don't do New Year's. But, you know, even like Barbara Walters, like 2020. I don't know what the show was named that for. If it meant like 2020 Vision, or like, this is the futuristic show. I'm not trying to do like an impression. But 2020 seemed like something you'd say, like, on 2020, cars will be flying, you know? And now it just, everything seems so regressive and horrible and, like, getting worse. And, like, I'm just, like, I don't know. I'm not in the mood, right? The body's talking about this new decade. Like you say the magic numbers and just say goodbye to the stupid mistakes you made. That's such a good lyric. That song is called Waiting for That Day by George Michael. It's on the album with Freedom 90. And it just, yeah, like everyone's talking about this new decade, but they're not. Like, I don't know anyone that's like, dudes, 2020, I feel the hope of the future. I I feel like it seems terrible. Like, yeah, it's probably one of the last, we probably just lived the last decade where we get off off scot-free with no like climate change disasters that affect us directly. Like, it's already happened. But now I just feel like it's going to be every day. I don't know. I'm not feeling hopeful. And then I just think, remember when George Michael died on Christmas Day in 2016? Like, that's when you know. You know what? I think we're entering the shit cycle of just humanity. Like, there's just some, like, I feel like if there's a God, which, you know, I don't believe in a proper God, but just go with me on the fantasy. Like, there's God up there. God's being all God. And then, like, somehow God got overthrown And they're just like, we're the shit committee. And then they're like, we're going to kill George Michael on Christmas. And God's like, you can't do that. And they're like, watch us. We took Bowie and Prince. We're killing it. We're hurting all the Gen X people. So anyway. But I'm actually kind of excited about 2020 because I think 2019 was a real piece of fucking work. And I don't even mean politically and all that. Just personally. I thought I was making good decisions. And then I was like, each... I got rejected for a third book deal. I got rejected for the most part from a lot of platforms for another special that still could happen. My tour sales were the worst. I didn't sell a TV show. I was like, I get the message up in here. I think I was supposed to learn. I've always been very lucky and like I was writing on Mrs. Maisel season one and two and I left season three, which would have begun last January because I don't live in New York. And it's not like I don't want to be a New Yorker, but it was like 
I was staying in Airbnbs a month at a time. I was in other people's homes, studio apartments that were like as expensive as a, you know, a house here. And, um, you know, they don't pay like your living expenses don't get paid. And this is not how the deal works. And uh, I just felt like depressed and disconnected. And I was like, I know this is smart to stay here and it's a beautiful job. But like, what's my soul? What's my life? You know, I'm not like, I'm like not living really. And so I was like, I I think I'll take a leap of faith and I'll be protected. I'll be protected by the universe. And, you know, I guess I was enough. I just didn't have any like wild dreams come true. So I was like, oh, fuck. But, uh, but then like the last few weeks, um, like the last month or so of 2019 has been really fun. Uh, like November, December, and then I have a great job. So I'm like, I don't know, maybe we'll carry this vibe into 2020 as, you know, Venice has water levels rise to unlivable. And as, you know, we can't impeach a sitting president who's colluding with a foreign country. And as every viable candidate that's bringing hope, change, progress, drops out of the Democratic primary tone left with like, this old man that was already vice president like okay as everything crumbles i feel like personally i might have a really fun year in 2020 trying new projects having a new attitude you know all that stuff so we'll see we'll see but i think everyone should write me a letter for my new year's episode and tell me what fucking sucked about 2019 what you can't wait to say goodbye to what you're excited about for 2020 and anything else you want to write about your year but Please do it soon, because um, I'll tape that episode in a week or two. So I seem fun at gmail.com. Doesn't have to be long. In fact, don't make it too long, people. A few paragraphs, you know, even a, a list. I don't care. A bullet journal, which I can't figure those out for the fucking life of me. But so here's what happened today. As I stand here, I've got a lot on my mind. I packed my bag last night. Last night, I got in front of my computer. I wrote out the whole episode. I mean, not like what I'm going to say, but I wrote out. Act one, I talk about these things. Act two, or topics two, I talk about this. Then I read this article, and then here are my ads. And I printed out all your gorgeous um, letters you've been writing me over the past few weeks. And I put it in my bag, like a separate bag than my purse, put my computer in there. And I remember putting it on my shoulder in my apartment. I can feel myself doing that. But then I think I put it back down to get a coat or something. And then... I picked up this giant box that I had to take to the recycling bin in the parking garage. But anyway, I pulled up to the recording studio here in Burbank, and I went to grab my purse, which was there. And then I went to grab the bag, and the bag wasn't there. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then I was like, oh, I probably left it at home. But then my anxiety, my creative brain, you know, it works for and against me, goes, what if you threw the bag in the recycling thing. Well, I could just dig it out later. No, no, no. The truck's going to come today on a Sunday. Yeah, that's when they come. You've never noticed it because you've never dropped a computer in the big recycling bin. You're going to have to crawl in it. And I have somewhere to be at 3.20. It's now 2.20. I'm not even halfway done the episode or maybe I'm halfway done. And then I want to run home now and go check. So I think I might. But my brain, like, this is just what my brain is like. Um, somebody wrote me on Instagram, like, you seem like a stoner. I'm like, I know, and I'm not. Now, I do have some THC CBD edibles, but the last time I took one, I feel like it's bad for your immune system. So I don't even do that. 
So I'm just naturally out of it. And it speaks to needing more mindful meditation. My meditation practice has been not great. I've been meditating at night to calm the breathing down, but it's been specifically towards that. And I haven't just been doing my in general. I woke up in the morning. Let's let's meditate so that we can be focused on things we're supposed to be focused on during the day. So like the other day, I had these giant glass water bottles that I get on Amazon and I got a package. Doorman gives it to me. I'm like, oh, it must be a Christmas gift. I'm like, oh, I'm going to open it. And I open it and it's these. I'm like, who the fuck knew that I needed these water bottles? This is crazy. And I do have like an Amazon wish list. I was like, maybe it was on my wish list. And I was like, no one would do that. I'm like, they didn't even wrap it or send a card. Is this for my sister? I was like, so weird. And then I was like, oh my God, I have a stalker. I have a stalker. And then an hour later, I was like, oh, I ordered them. I completely forgot. So whatever that is, that's my brain 50 times a day. I worry it's early onset, but I think it's actually just how anxiety works. Like I'm not tortured, like I'm anxious, but I I can get really forgetful. So anywho, so my Thanksgiving, how was yours? I was on vocal rest. Now, I want to bring up something, but I hesitate to do it because I feel like I might A, jinx the situation, or B, all y'all out there with no boundaries are going to write about it on my fucking wall and I'm going to be like, don't do that. (laughs) So I'll have to delete it. But um, I don't think it's a big deal because I'm not going to reveal any names. But it's just part of the whole sitch. So like when it rains, it pours. So like all year, I'm like, got to find a job. I'm not dating. Or like my friend set me up with someone and I, I tried my best. But I was like, I'm not into it. And like, you know, I had my big breakup three years ago in 2016. And, and I was like, you got to get back out there. You got to get back out there. And I was like, guys, I can't. So, so that's why I went out with my friend's friend. I was like, you know what? He's super cute. But he was too young. And we talked about it in episodes ago. So I was like, I go out with him and it was fine. You know, I give it like six hangouts. Like this occurred over like six weeks. And I just wasn't into it. And I do think it was the age difference. And I could just tell that he was like on his best behavior, so to speak. Like, I don't think he was like a raging psycho. But I mean, I think he was trying to seem in quotes mature. And when you're trying to act mature, but you don't really know what a 45-year-old thinks is mature, you end up acting like a boy who's trying to act mature because I'm certainly immature. I'm like a kid. You know, I'm I'm silly. I'm fun. I'm really painting a great picture of myself. Guys, I'm amazing. I'm so fun. But for me, what's maturity is a kind of acceptance and calmness and really having your own thing going on and not trying to create a fantasy of what a relationship should look like. So, he was always saying, let me cook for you sometime. And I just thought, why? why? Now, in general, if someone wants to cook for me, of course. I'm not, you know, I had a friend who was saying, well, you just don't like intimacy. I said, no, that is way too easy of a cop-out. His offer was coming out of the blue. He's not even a cook. I mean, not that you have to have the job profession of a chef to cook for someone, but he didn't. You know, he lived with a roommate that he met on Craigslist and like some apartment I never went to. But it's not as though he said cooking is my hobby. He never mentioned it. But as we were hanging out a little more, then it became 
I want to cook for you. And I said, well, if you want to have dinner together and make it ourselves, sure. And his thing was, no, I want to cook for you. Well, okay, what do you cook? Well, I don't know. I'll figure out something. And I don't know. There was something about it that wasn't organic. I also think it's fine to say, I don't know what it is. I have the weirdest urge to cook for you. I really like you. And it's like weird urges coming over me to cook for you. And I got to tell you, I don't even cook. But would you be opposed to like if I tried to do this cooking for you thing and got a cookbook? Now that would be different. What's the difference? There's an authenticity to that. It's coming from him expressing that he likes me and... He's not really sure why he wants to cook, but there's an expression there. The The way he was doing it seemed like, let me show you that I can use a pot and pan. I am a, I am a grown-up. It just, it was a psychic cosmic vibe that I just, ah. so everybody was on my ass. Everybody was on my ass. And I wrote this Twitter thread that I want to read to you guys, um, but I'll read it after. So I... I'm going to remind myself. You know I'm going to forget. My friends would always go, are you dating? You know, after I broke up with this guy, I'm like, I just went out with this guy to shut all you people up. It's been three weeks. No, I'm not dating. And I said to my friends who are 45, I said, are you dating? Oh, I'm married. Okay. Leave your husband and start dating. Well, why? Because it's so easy. Because, and they would say, well, no, I'm happily married. We have our thing. I go, I'm going to blow your mind right now. Some 45-year-olds have their thing with themselves, and they don't want to date. Now, I don't mean everyone should be alone. A lot of times people write me and go, thanks for talking about being single. I do think people who want to be alone are in an avoidance, and there's a self-esteem problem going on there. There's attachment issues. They didn't have a good relationship modeled to them growing up. I'm not, I don't in any way believe people shouldn't be in a relationship. I'm just saying if you're in a period where you know for yourself that it flips you out too much and you need to work on yourself, then stay there and don't let anyone tell you different. Um, There's always more things we can learn from being in relationship. I've been in 70, you know, but there are periods just like, you know, I was just in a giant one where it's like I needed to be alone and work through some stuff for myself. And people kept hounding me during that. And I would say, but right now I have my own thing going on with myself. And I don't, This, you know, people bring up dating, which can be a very sensitive issue for some people. And they bring it up at parties. That's not a fun place to talk about your shortcomings or what you might be working on. Or they bring it up over text out of the blue. Hi, I'm thinking of you. Are you dating? No. What are you doing? So... Anyway, there was this, um, I always say to people, if someone literally walks into a room who's my age and says, I hate dating, this is why, I have my life, it's set up this way, dating so far on the apps has been annoying, bing, 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 then maybe that would be someone that that I could date. And... um, So I was in this mood a few months ago where I went, 
I think I've hit the next level of being open again based on nothing, just me walking around the universe by myself. But I was like, I could have some fun. I could have some, not like fun, like frivolous, but I think I've loosened up around some of my issues. I think I can be a really available person. So I just like had that in my mind. Um, And I remember saying to a friend, if you get off my ass about dating, I'll make you a promise. If I get a job before the end of the year, I'm willing to go and like look, like actively look. I don't know what that looks like for me. Again, I don't want it to be the the apps. And then I did get this job and my friend was like, what about what you said about dating? And I was like, yeah. Now, this isn't an annoying friend. She and I just talk about this stuff. So it's appropriate for her to bring it up. And, uh. And so, yeah, yeah, I'm open. I'm just going to be open and see, see what happens. So, again, I'm making, this sounds like I'm making way too big a deal about something. It's just kind of a cool story. A couple months ago, I was at a place talking to the owner of that place. And that owner, who's an old friend of mine, was like, are you dating? And I was like, Ugh, stop asking me. I give my whole rant. He's like, okay, okay. Someone walks in who I've known for a long time, but not like, you know, we not like close or anything. Like we don't even each other's numbers, you know, but we see each other around. He walks in, he goes, ugh, dating's the worst. He's like, my life is this, 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 this. And I need someone that fits seamlessly into that. And that's the end of it. I'm old, you know? And I just said, yeah, me too. And I was like, this is what I need. Bing, 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 bing. It was like an accidental first date without, I wasn't thinking at all anything with us. And then a few days later, I heard from him and I was like, I think he's making himself available to me. And I was like, do you want to hang out? And he was like, yes, of course. So then we start hanging out. Then I get this fucking voice thing. And then he's like, oh, I got to leave town for a little bit for a job. And I'm like, ah. So we kind of hung out when I was on like half a voice. And then I was like, I got to go into vocal rest. And he's like, I got to leave town. So um, it was just a really fun. It was like, oh, I was right about what I needed. Like there was a lot of simpatico with like age and places in life. And and I don't know what will happen next. You know, like we're in touch. Will we keep hanging out? I don't know. But um, the point of that story was that I I was by myself on Thanksgiving, but it wasn't like this lonely I'm by myself I had to go into vocal rest like I'd seen my ear nose and throat doctor the day before and he was like okay your voice it's not you're not sick this is vocal damage and I was like fuck which means vocal rest um so he was like I would recommend like if you were doing something on Thanksgiving maybe rethinking that and just don't speak for 48 hours so I did and everyone was like oh my god you're alone on Thanksgiving and I'm like but I just had like an awesome like few weeks like getting to know someone like I'm and I'm starting a new job on Monday I'm like all the boxes there was like activity in all boxes like I'd been dating I have starting a new job Monday I was fine everyone's like I can't believe you're alone on Thanksgiving I was like guys I'm on my couch watching Hallmark movies with permission to do nothing from a doctor and I'm just resting, and I went and got all my sides, you know, at the uh, at Whole Foods. I was so happy. So happy. I didn't have to get on a plane. I didn't have to travel. And everyone thinks a friend's Thanksgiving is fine. But at my age, when 
if you go to one, it's like one person's your friend and you're just sort of not knowing people. And then you spend the whole Thanksgiving like, what do I do for a living? I do this. No, I'm not dating right now. I'm 45. And I, it's just, it was perfect. I didn't have to hear any bullshit I didn't want to hear. Now, before I go further into my Thanksgiving story. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay. I'm a sheet snob. So let me tell you guys this. I'm on vocal rest and I have my new sheets and I put them on the couch and I made like a couch bed and I loved it. But I'm a sheet snob and I thought I was already using the world's best sheets and then I got these and I'm like, oh boy. Bowl and branch, B-O-L-L and branch. Guys, they are literally the softest and most comfortable sheets in the world and they're the only bedding that have been loved by three U.S. presidents. They didn't tell me the name. You guess. You guess what presidents love these. For a limited time, you can get Bowl and Branch's luxury flannel bedding to keep you cool. Oh, and to keep you cool sleepers warm. Because they breathe, they keep the warm sleepers cool. They wrote that weird. Guys, you got to get your admin. Let's do this. For a limited time, you can get their luxury flannel bedding. And guess what? You go flannel. That seems hot. No, no, no. That's how that's how great this product is. That's how well made. It's still a flannel that keeps cool sleepers warm. These sheets breathe so they can keep warm sleepers cool. For a limited time, you can get that luxury bedding. Shipping is always free. You can try them out right now. 30 nights risk-free. Right now. You get $50 off. What? Your first set of sheets at bowlandbranch.com with promo code FUN, B-O-L-L and branch. Get $50 off at bowlandbranch.com, promo code FUN. Guys, here's what's great. If you're like, I'm not even going anywhere on the holidays. I don't need to buy a suitcase. Buy this for yourself. Stay home. Stay home by yourself and luxuriate in the sheets. Cut to Kenny Loggins dancing in the sheets. The greatest song from Footloose ever. Bolin Branch, I know you didn't ask for uncopyrighted music in your ads, but I'm giving it to you. Guys, you're going to be there and they're so soft. You're not even going to want to wear pajamas. You're going to be like, what am I in a hotel? No, I'm in my home. I'm in my home rolling around in luxurious ecstasy. And everyone's going to be like, oh my God, they didn't come home for the holidays. Their life's so sad. You're like, bitch, I'm here in bed alone. I can't believe anything can feel this soft. I don't think, I think I'm going to quit my job. And then people come in. There is an intervention. You're like, you know, maybe you'd appreciate your sheets more if you did leave them for eight hours a day and go to work and get right back in them when you get home. Okay, I can do it. I can do it. That's how great these sheets are. I was happy by myself on Thanksgiving. Right? Let's do this. All right. So what I'm saying is I was pretty excited sitting there on Thanksgiving, looking forward to starting a new job on that Monday because I'm tired right now of running my own stuff, right? I, I want to be a worker among workers, but I do have something for you CEOs out there. It's what you've always dreamed of, right? You started your own business. You have no boss. You are the boss. You are the CEO. Oh my God, no one told you there would be so much admin work. Reality check, running your own business is hard, but HoneyBook makes it easy. If you started your own business, you are your own boss. But along with being the CEO, you're also the accountant, marketing manager, creative director, executive assistant. If you don't do it, it doesn't get done. 
So if you need help, you need HoneyBook. In business, there you know you know you got your big picture people and the people that bring those dreams into reality. But if you're a freelancer or run your own business, you got to be both. If you need help with the day to day, HoneyBook has the tools you need to get things done. Right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners fifty percent off when you visit HoneyBook.com/slash fun. The payment is flexible. The promotion applies whether you pick the pay monthly or pay annually. So what is HoneyBook? Let me know. Let me let you know right now. Just go to HoneyBook.com slash fun. It's an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. Perfect for freelancers, entrepreneurs, small business owners who want to consolidate things they already use like QuickBooks, Google Suite, Excel, and MailChimp. With HoneyBook, you can automate your busy work. They have easy-to-use templates for emails. Oh, I love a template. I love a template. Proposals, brochures, and invoices. Oh, I love this. They also have e-signatures and built-in automation to save you time and get you paid faster. Oh, the Virgo in me. This is like reading porn copy. I'm like, oh, my God. Excel and Google and MailChimp on the same thing. Simplify your to-do list and stay in control with HoneyBook. Go to HoneyBook.com slash fun for 50% off your first year. That's HoneyBook.com slash fun. All right, back to my Thanksgiving. So Wednesday, the day before, I go to Whole Foods. No, I first I go to this place, Jones on 3rd, which there's a location on 3rd Street in L.A. And there's one near me in the valley. So I go and they've got their Thanksgiving sides out. You can buy, you know, you buy them in the, can I get a quart of this and that? So I see the stuffing. Now, I'm a vegetarian, but I've got my exceptions. When I'm sick, I'll totally eat a matzo ball soup that's made with chicken broth. I don't care. Stuffing, if it was in the turkey, no big. I don't like pieces of turkey, so that'd probably just, ugh. I don't like eating flesh. It's not a judgment. It just, I can't chew it. I hate it. So I assume, so I said, is the stuffing, I don't mind if it was in the turkey, but is it, does it have turkey bits in it? And she goes, no. I go, oh, good. I'm all excited. A stuffing I can eat. She goes, there is sausage in it, though. I go, what? Sausage? And I'm like, I don't know if the people that work at these kind of places ever have lived long enough or they're too young to know better or they're just brainwashed, but I'm like, that's not a thing. Now, maybe some other culture, they're like, you're being really white right now. It's totally a thing over here. Fine. I don't know of sausage in a... St- Stop trying to be so creative. Stop. It's not... Stop making it a thing. Just plain... Here's the thing. Plain stuffing is never going to piss anyone off. Even if you want sausage in your stuff, you're going to be like, well, I'm not going to eat it. There's no sausage in it. But most people don't want sausage in their stuffing. So, you guys, the sales could be through the roof. I mean, I feel like I'm in a Hallmark movie where I'm a consultant and I come through. There was this one Hallmark movie this year where I was like, is this woman shouldn't even have a business. She ran a candy cane company and only sold the basic flavor candy canes. On the side, for fun, she would make other flavored candy canes and hand them out for free to people in the community. And then this, like, her business was losing money every year. And this consultant came through and was like, do you just do candy cane? She's like, yeah. And then she's like, oh, I mean, on the side, I do these way more interesting flavors for every holiday. And he's like, yeah, do that. 
and get paid for it. And she's like, what? That's why I feel like Jones on third. I'm like, hey, guys, you can have plain stuff. You can have two kinds of stuffing and double the sales. And if you want to add your own sausage and buy sausage and bring it home and chop it up into the stuffing. Maybe they don't want to make a lot of stuffing and they're trying to gross you out. They're like, guys, I can't make any more fucking stuffing. Let's just put sausage and whiskey in it and see who buys it. So they looked at me like I was insane. Again, more just other white people. I'm like, all right, if you guys are going to act like sausage and stuffing is a thing, uh, don't let me stop you. But So then I went to Whole Foods and they had normal stuffing that was plain. And I got cranberry sauce and I got green beans and mashed potatoes and a biscuit. And I was so happy. I put it in the fridge. I was like, I will see you tomorrow. I woke up. I was like overwhelmed with things I wanted to watch. I had to do some research for my new job. I watched some movies that they recommended that I watch. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have three Thanksgivings. So for breakfast, I made some decaf because you really can't have caffeine when your vocal cords are effed up. I made my decaf Thanksgiving blend from Starbucks. Yeah, make these bad. And then I did the biscuit and some cranberry sauce and stuffing, and that was my breakfast. And then at like two, I did more of the vegetable stuff. Oh, and I had sweet yams or something. Oh my God. Then I had that around two. Then I had another breakfast around five. I mean, another Thanksgiving around five. It was like every few hours, I just had a mini Thanksgiving. And then I wanted, I didn't buy dessert because I was like, you know what? I haven't worked out in a while because I've been sick. I'm starting a new job. I'm going to be sitting on my butt. And then, um, so I didn't have a dessert. But, you know, the cranberry sauce was dessert enough. Weirdly, I've lost five pounds in the past month from doing nothing. So, guys, I don't know if diet and exercise necessarily work. But that's also what leads me to believe I'm dying because I have this asthma thing. And I feel like it's just like I'm saying all the things like, I don't know, I can't kick it. The asthma's bad. I'm losing weight for no reason. I mean, don't even get me. Don't DM me and be like, it does sound like you're dying. So that was my Thanksgiving. I had the best time, although everyone was out to tell me that I wasn't. So, oh, shit, I've got to go like basically now. But I'm going to read this thread I wrote on Twitter. I'm not even saying it's that good. I'm just saying I was passionate about it. This is for people who aren't in relationships and people who are. I've seen both sides. I don't know if this is even like good to read, but that's why I brought up all that other stuff. So maybe I should just read it. <clears throat> okay. Next time your partnered friends reduce you to a thing that needs completing by asking why you can't meet someone, as if that's fun to talk about at a gathering, put it on them. Ask them why they're not introducing you to people if they're so concerned that you don't meet people. This sounds passive aggressive or even just aggressive, but I actually mean it. If you're constantly annoyed by talk like this from well-meaning acquaintances in social situations, I have some tips. Before I go too deep into my thread, um, this isn't about me. I've been married. I know married brain. I lived with people. I had long-term things, flings, been there, done that. Through it all, no matter what side of the coin I was on, partnered or not, my friends on the other side of the coin could not relate. Sometimes it was me. Sometimes it was them. But when you're in a relationship, again, don't yell at me. I can say this because I was married. I can stereotype. 
sometimes you think there's this other world out there called single world where everyone knows each other is having fun. And depending on your mood, you're either jealous of it or judgmental of it. You think, oh, I don't want to be back out there again. But bottom line is that the world of single world doesn't exist. You either think single people aren't coupled up because they have intimacy issues, they're promiscuous, they aren't trying, or they are trying, but they're doing it wrong. Sometimes there can be no nuance and you don't know that all of this could be happening in someone's life all in the same year. Sometimes with married brain, there's the assumption that inhabitants of single world are always looking, that it's their part-time job, that their status as single is something they totally identify with. It defines them and they're either desperate to change it or they're stubbornly hanging onto it to be cool. You panic at parties and have no idea what to talk to single people about, and you can't remember your life before your partner, literally in an amnesia way, not in a romantic way. And so you assume that the single wants to talk about their life, which to you is probably very focused on sex and love and dating. It might be for some singles, but trust me, if you're one of those singles, they don't want to talk to partners about it. It's like whatever job you have. You prefer to talk to other professionals in your field about it, rather than be asked questions about it with a limited scope from someone who isn't having that experience and at a party? No. Again, unlike a job, married brain partner people, they've been single, but they forget, especially if they haven't been single since they were in their 20s. They literally have not experienced what you have if you're older and single. So they think it's a topic that's fun, and maybe it is, but if the topic isn't fun for you and you don't want to get into it at a social gathering... Don't just deflect or play along and stew later. Change the conversation. It's okay to act like a boundary is being crossed because it is. Depending on how you truly feel, it's fine to say, you probably don't know a lot about what I do with my life and time. And if you want to have coffee, I'd love to tell you more about um, my personal life um, and what triggers me or not. But this isn't the place to discuss it. Then if you have coffee, tell them that, You have the same resources and instincts that they do on meeting people. Explain how you spend your free time. Explain how you are and are not willing to meet people. And if you don't online date, explain to them that you're as subject to random meetings of people as they are. And since we're all adults here, as life has more obligations, there are less random chances at meeting people. And so if they feel like they could help you, you will gladly entertain the idea of them introducing you to someone. Perhaps they could set up a group a group drinks. I have done this. And let me tell you, it works sometimes. And the least that can happen is you develop a new intimacy with your friends and they see you as a human when you open up to them. And they understand that there aren't two worlds that you both live in. There's only one. And then they'll open up about their lives. And it could turn out that they only wanted to live vicariously through you for a moment. But once you humanize yourself, they have a chance to see how they were objectifying your experience and not treating you well. And hey, if you want to, again, you could meet someone if they know someone. As for the people with married brain, they often say they're so glad they're not in the dating world. Don't let that make you feel bad. They're commenting on a world they invented, and they're afraid to go to it. It sounds terrifying. It's not a reflection, like, on you that they've achieved this certain status, like the final stage of a video game. And you go to a fortress of commitment and never come out, and you win— That's not what they're trying to say, but it can feel that way. So don't let their view cloud you for a second. Take a breath and tell them you're literally saying to my face that you wouldn't want your you wouldn't want my life and that it's not appropriate. People think that dating, love and sex are such frivolous, fun things to talk about that it almost ends up completely careless when they discuss it. It's okay to say, wow, you must have forgotten what it's like to not be partnered. 
It's not that black and white. Yeah, you can get a little passive aggressive, but they have forgotten. I have friends who have kids, and whenever I see them, they say how tired they are, and they can't stay up as late as child-free people. I always remind them that child-free people in their 40s don't stay up late either. At a certain point, people over 30 just get tired at night. And so it goes with partnered to single. Nobody is missing out on anything. Both worlds are very similar. Marrieds will often brag about how hard a relationship is and pat themselves on the back for hard work done, while all recognizing that it does start with loving yourself. Single people are doing the same thing. They're just doing it without a mirror person right now. All in all, everyone just wants everyone to be happy, but it's okay to call it out and say that you feel they're putting their definition of happiness on you, and it can be painful to talk about vulnerable things like love, sex, dating at a party as though the topics don't have baggage. It may seem dramatic to say this, but... Recently, I was with a friend, and my married younger friend told her that she should online date. My older, divorced, recently divorced friend doesn't want to online date, and she's experiencing some realities of how hard it is to meet people without it. My younger friend said, my husband and I met online, and I had to intervene and remind her, of course you met online, you're in your 20s. It's way easier to navigate the internet when the pool is of people your age. My friend did not speak up about the encounter, and she was fuming about it for days. She said she didn't... She was just trying to have a night out, and once again, someone presumed that she was incomplete or unhappy and started giving her unsolicited advice, as though she was the entertainment for that night. We often think of objectifying people as something that's just done by a construction worker whistling at a lady's bum, but when we project our fears or what we think someone's experience is, good or bad, onto them, we are not treating them like people but objects. So ultimately... Speak up if this happens to you. Reframe the conversation. You're in charge. After all, it's your experience that someone clumsily wants to know about. And people who ask these questions stick with religion and politics. It's less painful. All right, you guys, I got so many amazing emails about hard candy. I am so relieved that so many young people know exactly what hard candy is. I'm, I just must have met the three weirdest people. Next week, I'll read listener emails. Oh, my God. You guys, say prayers for my voice at this point. I think it might be the only thing that's going to work. I'm trying to do as much vocal rest as possible. This is a nightmare. All right. Until next week, have fun. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.